Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 169 of Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the Cookie Creatrix behind Kick-Ass Witch, Putting the K in Magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and All That Good Shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode back on Blog Talk Radio. And I have to be honest with you guys, <laughs> my heart is pounding right now, and my mouth is so dry I just the show if you tried to listen live it's an hour late today it's one o'clock it usually goes up at noon I just spent the last hour frantically trying to get the show up and running thank you to the people the lovely help desk at blog talk radio for helping me reschedule the show today but I am not at all calm (laughs) I think I take this job a little too seriously I don't know but I got myself all worked up so hopefully I will unwind as the show goes on. I gave myself an extra few minutes of wiggle room here for the rambling because I knew there would be rambling at the beginning, like there so often is. And you know what else is funny? Lately, I noticed that there was a discrepancy in the episode count between what iTunes was saying was the number of episodes I've done and my accounting here. And I had the sneaking suspicion that that was my error because counting ain't my forte. (laughs) I like words, but numbers not so much. So uh, now I have finally caught up with my own numbers here. I I think I just, I don't know. I think some, at some point I just added an extra number somewhere or skipped ahead one. But now I'm all caught up because yesterday I did a private, my first private episode of Hippie Witch for the Witches of the Psycho-Spiritual Wheel of the Year because they were kind enough to help me test out that format for you all because I am going to start creating three bonus episodes every single month for those of you who keep asking me to make longer episodes. And for those of you who want me to make episodes more often, I created a Patreon account. I am Joanna DeVoe at Patreon, um, patreon.com slash Joanna DeVoe. And I don't have that all, like I haven't listed my goals, which I'm kind of stumped on. Like, what is my goal? (laughs) My goal is to have an equal energy exchange between me and you. So if you want me to create more stuff, you can sponsor me doing that. There are going to be two tiers. One is going to be a dollar a month, and that will get you two bonus videos every month. And those will be Q&As and chatty vlogs. And every once in a while, I'll do like witchy tutorials there. Um, if you want to support me with $5 a month, you will get the videos, and then you'll get the three bonus episodes of Hippie Witch. And those are going to be longer so that I can go more in depth and I don't get cut off at the end. So I'm going to be doing that. Um, So there's that. And this one, the theme 
for everything Kick-Ass Switch is going to be relationships. So I think it's fitting <laughs> that I'm expanding my relationship with those of you who want that. Not everybody has to do that. I'm still going to show up here every Tuesday at noon unless I'm on a hiatus and I'm going to be taking more of those. I'm thinking the last week of every month. But otherwise, I will still be here every Tuesday at noon talking at ya. Uh, so this month, in the videos and the blog posts and newsletters, I'm going to be talking about relationships, and that is such a broad subject because when you think about all the different relationships we have with the people in our lives, that right there is content. That's enough content in and of itself, but I also want to do, I haven't decided yet, a special video or episode here, I don't know, I'll make sure it's a free one, um, talking about the relationships we have with our homes and how that's really a reflection we have with ourselves. I've just been really into the feng shui again <laughs> this year. So I want to talk about that and maybe a little bit of animism too. And are, is your home alive? Are you having a relationship with your home? I just think that's so interesting. Um, and then today I wanted to talk about a very challenging kind of relationship, codependent relationships, healing the wounds of codependence. Co, as in co-creation, it takes two to tango. Codependency is about relationships. And I think it's probably more common than not. Or maybe that's because I have codependent relationships in my history. I draw those people to me. That could be true as well. <laughs> Uh, but let's define codependence before I get rolling too far down here and assuming you all know what I'm talking about. Um, Google's little built-in dictionary that they have now that I think is so convenient and cool, it defines codependency as an excessive emotional or psychological reliance on a partner, typically a partner who requires support due to an illness or addiction. I'd say excessive is the key word there. <laughs> uh, because interdependence is, is healthy. And I won't get into all that because we don't have all the time in the world today. Um, but excessive dependence. And I think that definition is too general. It doesn't quite get into the full range of potential for falling into a codependent relationship. Your partner certainly does not have to have an illness or an addiction in order for you to fall into codependent patterns together. Although, now that I say that, codependence is in itself a kind of addiction. And as I said, it takes two to tango. So, okay, fine. There is some level of addiction at play. <laughs> I changed my mind on that. Yes, there is some level of addiction at play, but that doesn't necessarily mean the person is addicted to drugs or alcohol or sex or what have you. The relationship itself can be an addiction. Um, so a codependent relationship, it can be based on sex, money, friendship, jealousy, or any area of relating that leaves you grasping for control. It's a control thing. And both partners, no matter how it seems from the outside looking in, are generally engaged in the illusory need to control. And I say illusory because I really am going to try to watch my language in this episode. I want to be really deliberate words that I use here because this is a really important subject that's close to my heart. 
And no one needs to control anyone else. In fact, it's not only not a need, it's not even possible, not really, when at heart and in our own minds, we are each individual expressions of the divine and sovereign in that particular expression. Lots of big words today. <laughs> That's what happens when I get serious about a subject. I also want to, to think here today of codependency as a wound and not a person. It is a wound that can be healed, more importantly. <laughs> so I want to talk about codependency as a wound that can be healed. And because we only have roughly 30 minutes here, I sneaked a few minutes onto the end, um, give or take, and healing is my priority, I want to emphasize that first. Codependency is a painful experience that can often does because it's a wound that so many of us continue to pick at and pick at and reopen again and again and again because some weird part of us is comforted by that pain, by the pain of that wound. It's weirdly comforting. Like when you have like a little bruise and you have to keep punch touching it because on some level, you like the way it feels, uh, or you get some dental work that kind of hurts, but you have to keep sticking your tongue in it, stuff like that. Um, so it, there's a sort of comfort in that pain, but it's the kind of comfort that can only be felt in ignorance. And I don't mean you're stupid. Ignorance just means not knowing. It's it's the comfort we feel when codependency is all we have ever known. When codependency was programmed into us as children instead of love, we confuse mutual control for love. I control the money, you control the team. <laughs> lose, lose. It's like that. So see, see how it works? It's very uh, tit for tat, tit for tat relationships. And Relationships like this, they're like any relationships. It's an exchange of energy, but instead of being a joyful exchange of mutual discovery and sharing, which I think most of us hope love is going to be, it becomes a nasty tug of war. And it certainly ain't love, although it is portrayed as such in the majority of books and movies and TV shows that inform our culture and keep this wounded paradigm in place. If you look at most romantic comedies, for example, um, or Sex in the City, I recently saw an article on Man Repeller for anybody who wants to go digging on Carrie's choice of Mr. Big as opposed to Aiden. <laughs> that might give you some ideas of how we glorify these codependent relationships in our movies and TV shows and magazines, and we internalize that, and we normalize it, and it becomes a part of our culture to where we're all codependent, and we all think that's love. But love is supposed to feel good. I'm not saying that you can't love someone you're in a codependent relationship with. I'm just saying that codependency itself is not love, and people sometimes confuse the two. So to quickly recap, in case I'm going too fast here or using too many terms, um, the initial codependent wounding, the first wound, it happens when we are very, very young. And the pain of that wound becomes confused with love. So we then begin to associate pain with love 
and a constant state of vigilance sets in to where we are managing and tending to that wound, to that wound as well as repeatedly recreating it, obviously unconsciously, that's not, not something we're doing on purpose, but we repeatedly recreate it in order to keep the so-called love alive, which for someone with codependent tendencies looks a lot like control which is always, in every case, a double-edged sword. You control me, and I control you, and together we call that a relationship, <laughs> a dysfunctional relationship. Um, yes, it's a relationship, but it's not a healthy one, and we can do better. And I use the word relationship here generally because you can have a codependent relationship with your lover or spouse, which is what I think most of us think about when we think about codependency. But you can also have one with your best friend or your boss at work, which is actually more common than you might think. A sibling, a child, a parent. In fact, most likely if you have codependent wounding, it started with a parent. And not because they're evil, but because they have the same wounding going on and they're just unconsciously passing it through the generations so we can have compassion for ourselves this is a wound we can heal together and interestingly I'm also seeing this playing out in the realm of entrepreneurship um, and the different biz witch coaching calls that I do this comes up a lot and I see it especially in the spiritual community and the strange kind of people-pleasing, over-delivering, under-earning paradigm that many popular YouTube bloggers and podcast personalities find themselves slipping into, which is something that I myself am still working, working to untangle myself from because I realized that about myself quite a while ago and I've been looking at that with a discerning eye and trying to make better choices for myself instead of trying to win some popularity contest, <laughs> realizing, okay, I'm here to be of service and there needs to be an equal energy exchange and we can all feel the love for each other, but I'm not going to do the funky monkey dance to keep winning people's approval, which is, it can kind of turn into that and it becomes a sort of codependency that you have with a relationship with a whole bunch of people at one time that need to give, give, give for free, 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 because everyone else is doing it. And that's what the public expects, or you think that's what the public expects. Um, but if you own your own online business and you're creating a ton of free content while struggling to make ends meet, that's the key. If you can't pay your bills, but you're doing all this work for free, I challenge you to examine your relationship with your audience from this paradigm of codependency to see if maybe there's some wounding sneaking its way into your platform there. And if there is, no worries. It happens to the best of us. It's not something to get freaked out about. It's just something to have awareness of so you can start making different choices in the future. Um, and what I encourage anyone who is suffering from any kind of codependency to do is to refrain from labeling people, including yourself, labeling yourself a codependent or your partner in codependency, labeling them a narcissist, which is super common these days is not in my opinion. This is just my personal opinion, but I hold it vehemently. It is not the most helpful thing to do and it can keep you stuck. That's because a, human beings are far more dynamic than the labels we give them. 
And B, words are one. They contain power. Labels especially and repeatedly affirming I am a codependent. I am codependent or you are a narcissist. It's keeping that reality in play and it's locking it in. I think the same thing of certain illnesses because I know the pharmaceutical industry is all hot on making sure that we diagnose ourselves for every little thing we have so they can sell us lots of pills and then we have all these labels that we get to wear. <laughs> um, but I'm just thinking about, you know, in terms of let's just keep it to codependency today and not go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> um, but that's why I have a problem with certain recovery groups that have members identify themselves that way at the top of each meeting. Hello, my name is Joanna DeVoe and I am a chocoholic. That feels disempowering to me, especially when I consider the alternative. Hello, my name is Joanna DeVoe and I am now healing my relationship to chocolate, brownie crisps. <laughs> Just a little inside joke there for my peace body witches. <laughs> In the little private podcast I did yesterday, I was talking about how I was having a problem with chocolate brownie crisps. I could not stop eating those things. Trader Joe's, the blue bag, avoid it like the plague, people. Holy cow. Once you pop, you can't stop. Seriously, those things are so crazy addicting. <laughs> All joking aside, this is actually serious and something that I don't hear people talk about enough. I think there seems to be a real trend, a dangerous trend in pathologizing our every issue and to so thoroughly identify with a certain pathology, I am a codependent, I am codependent, that we keep that activated in our systems indefinitely as opposed to seeing it for what it is or what I think it is. It's an invitation to improve your quality of life and ultimately to fulfill your soul's purpose in leading by example, because when you heal yourself, you heal many. As you raise the bar on what is possible in your own life, you raise it for anyone paying attention. And you never know who's paying attention, little kids especially, whether they're yours or someone else's. <laughs> um, and the addiction recovery model that our culture has adopted, it also asks us to say that we are powerless to declare ourselves powerless over such and such substance or behavior, often in front of a room full of highly emotionally charged people. And if you believe in magic, you know that that's like raising energy to be talking in a room full of people that are so keyed up like that. And all that energy is swirling around to say, I am a, a codependent and I am powerless over my need to control my partner's behavior. I'm like, what? <laughs> don't say that Shh, don't say that you are so not that even if your behavior up until now has proven otherwise you are not powerless the power to create the power of the ultimate creator life itself the divine source energy whatever you want to call it it is coursing through you right this very moment and you at any moment have the power to change if you don't believe that I have to ask, <laughs> why are you listening to this show? This is a show about magic, a.k.a. the ability to create change in conformity with your will, which means you are never powerless to change your thoughts and thus change your emotions and behaviors and ultimately your relationships, most notably to yourself. And you can start by not calling yourself names. 
just start there and you will see <sighs> there's a freedom in taking the weight of that label off yourself. You are a simple, you are not a simple, excuse me. You are simply a human being. You are anything but simple. <laughs> you are simply a human being living here in this earthly plane, learning how to be more fully yourself, your true heart-centered self day by day. And that's an ongoing process that for many of us include healing old patterns of codependent behavior. How do these patterns get put into place? <laughs> That's a whole conversation, Andrew, itself. And that would definitely suck up the rest of our time here. Um, it's a huge subject. And I will try to talk more about that in depth in the follow-up episode that I'm going to be doing later, hopefully this week for Patreon. Um, I've never, I say hopefully because I've got it, you know, planned out and I've got the Patreon set set up but glitches happen as we learned here today so that's the plan Stan um and I'll I'll remind you at the end of the show how to check that out if you want to go do that um but suffice it to say codependency it's a survival mechanism it's created when the love that we depend on for our very survival as small children is cut off we need our parents to love us or our caretakers because we need them to care for us. We need them to feed us and keep a roof over our head and keep us safe. Uh, when we feel like that is threatened, if only temporarily over some small little thing, we then feel the depth of our own vulnerability, which is absolutely terrifying at that age. It cuts super deep because it really is a life or death situation in your little baby mind and your two-year-old mind or your three-year-old mind or your four-year-old mind. Like you feel the depths of that and that trauma that creates that codependency wounding, wounding. So the ways in which the love supply is then repeatedly cut off after that first little hit of like, whoa, you mean your love can be taken away? The ways in which it keeps being taken away, even temporarily, you know, we're talking about the interpret, you know, it's not that your parents didn't love you, but they got mad at you and you felt the power of that, you know, or they ignored you for a whole afternoon and you felt the power of that, or you just felt the power of their disapproving gaze. And that felt to you like being cut off from that stream of nurturing energy that you needed to feel safe. So the ways that that love supply is then repeatedly cut off and the ways that we learn to get it turned back on, the ways we learn to manipulate our caretakers into turning the supply on again, that creates the unique to you pattern of codependent wounding. So how fascinating is that? And then when we get older and then we go off in search of partners or families of our own, we find ourselves inexplicably drawn to people who that then reenact that wounding dance, that wounding battle, the codependent wound. We reenact that with those people. And when we find someone who is a match to it exactly we call them a soulmate, <laughs> when perhaps a better word for that kind of intense magnetic connection might be a wound mate. And I don't know if that's a bad thing. We partner with people whose wounds match our own. I have a friendship like this. 
I really believe, um, I hope that she'll talk more with me about this uh, later in the month. I've invited her to come on the show. I'm not going to tell you who it is because I have to see how far she wants to go <laughs> publicly. But I have a friend like that. We really met as wound mates. And then we kept healing those wounds. And then we decided that we liked each other beyond the wounds. And we kept growing together. And this is a platonic friendship and I would say now I could get choked up saying it <laughs> because when you heal wounds with somebody like that and you go through an experience like that you get to become soulmates and you get to really appreciate them on a whole other level whereas sometimes you find someone who is a match for you and you realize oh my gosh we're, we're just matching wounds here we're not really having any fun so you heal your wounds but they can't really see what's going on yet. They're not at that stage of their evolution or whatever. And so you end up having to part ways. Um, but I think often wound mates are soulmates of a kind. You know, they can be the same thing when you think about it that way, especially if you're not trying to make your current partner into the end all be all forever and ever and ever and ever. They can be if you guys want to heal together, but they can still be soulmates in a way if just that relationship is what finally wakes you up to some wounds in yourself that need to be healed. So I think these relationships are not mistakes, no matter how painful they are. That's why, too, I think there's danger in saying, you know, codependence, codependence <laughs> attracts narcissists which is the most dehumanizing label I can think you can put on a person. I'm not saying narcissists don't exist. I'm just saying we sure throw that word around a lot in the new age community. We're sure quick to label people we don't like as narcissists, which to me just sucks the humanity right out of them. And it bypasses the opportunity to heal and to see like, what am I contributing to this? Because <laughs> if you're like, oh, you're such a narcissist, and I'm just a codependent who attracts narcissists. It keeps you in the victim role. And when you're in the victim role, you can't heal yourself. And I am so rambling right now. <laughs> I like this subject in case you can't tell. It's deeply personal to me. Um, this is something that I've been working on for years. I actually talk about it briefly in the little free ebook I got. If you guys got the Hippie Witch ebook, um, I talk about trying to save my second marriage. Um, <laughs> because of some codependency, some codependency issues. I can't even say it. I'm like stuttering. <laughs> My point is when we heal our side of that equation, even when our partner does not, we then get to experience real love and intimacy beyond codependent wounding, whether we do that with our current partner or we gently let them go, maybe with tears and some hugs or some slammed doors and red faces, and then we go find something that feels more like real love. And it can be a super long, shadowy process. It can be a years-long journey, but that doesn't mean that that journey is all snot and tears. So, you know, I like looking at it as a journey because you start seeing like, oh my gosh, I have kind of a codependent relationship here. You might heal it in your love relationship and then realize, oh gosh, and it really started with my mom. So then you might heal that relationship and then you might be like, oh, whoa, and look at this. It's showing up in my business and it just keeps unraveling like that. And you can gently unravel it just like a, you know, tangled up ball of twine. When you start like yanking at it, you're not going to get all the knots out all at once. You're just probably going to make them worse. But if you just gently sit there and 
take at it and play with it over time, eventually you'll get most of the knots out. Maybe not even all of them, <laughs> but you'll make some progress. Um, and if you're really making the effort to heal, there are going to be so many payoffs along the way, really joyful, happy, aha moments, you know, and that's fun. That ain't worth sniffing at. I think that's really, I love that kind of work. I think that's why I like shadow work. You know, people are afraid of it, but it's liberating. It's fun. Um, there might be moments that are painful because you're looking at like, oh my gosh, the truth. And that might be painful, but then in that, it's liberating. You're setting yourself free. And I think there's so much joy in that. So I will always love shadow work. I'll always love healing wounds like this and just setting yourself free more and more and more, like unlocking the different shackles that hold you down. That's how I see healing the codependency wound. Um, anyway, I hope I've conveyed to you that you can set yourself free from this old restricting paradigm and that you can do so slowly over time and you can see it as a fascinating game that leads to the ultimate prize, personal freedom. And what comes of that is interdependent relationships. So I'm not saying you have to be 100% independent and you and you alone. I'm saying you can work with other people without having that control dynamic in play. So uh, the first step is to just stop labeling yourself a codependent with a capital C and to simply acknowledge that your inner child is still running the show to some degree and that he or she has created for you these codependent relationships so that you can love that part of you up and do some healing. And then the second step is to realize that you have the opportunity and you have the authority now to self-parent your inner child. Because you, more than anyone else on the planet, knows exactly what that scared, vulnerable part of you needs to hear and ultimately what needs to be done. So you can ask yourself, what need is my partner fulfilling? Or better yet, what needs am I trying to make my partner <laughs> fulfill for me? What needs am I trying to manipulate him or her into fulfilling for me? What am I trying to get them to do by behaving the way I behave? And then you've empowered yourself because you can start fulfilling those needs for yourself. Ha ha. Magic. <laughs> Yay. Okay. So I'm definitely going to talk more about codependency and what I hope will be the first episode for those of you who want to join me over on Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N, if you're unfamiliar with it, patreon.com slash Joanna DeVoe. I have not fully fleshed out my profile there, but I think I have it set up to where you can sign up for either one of the tiers that I set up, the $1 option, the $5 option, uh, just do what you feel. And um yeah, I'm excited to do this. I haven't decided on what, if I'm going to do one particular day of the week, like every Friday, every Thursday, every Wednesday, or if I'm going to do them more when inspiration strikes, but I know I'm going to do at least three bonus episodes. So they'll usually be follow-up episodes to Tuesdays. So we can just continue the conversation there. If you have questions about codependency specifically that you want me to talk about in that episode, go over to my Facebook page and let me know. 
Um, I'm Joanna DeVoe over there. I'm Joanna DeVoe everywhere. You can tweet me. <laughs> I'm really easy to find that way. Uh, and I'm excited. I'm nervous talking about this. It's like, ooh, it's just a new chapter. I'm really excited about it. And today's a new moon in Leo. Venus is in Leo. The sun is in Leo. There's all this Leo energy. And I'm, oh, I'm excited. I'm so excited. Yesterday was the autumn transition. It was the start of it. I think the autumn transition is all August and part of September all the way into Maybon is how I see it, all the way up until the equinox. So. If you want to join us for the autumn transition module, you are so not late for that. It's join us anytime you feel like it over there um, at the Psycho Spiritual Wheel of the Year. It's a nice group of witches. And until we meet again, much love to you. Peace.